Chapter Eleven, Part B, of Aces Up. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Aces Up by Covington Clark, Chapter Eleven, Part B. While McGee slept soundly, blissfully removed from all scenes of conflict and completely ignorant of his exact location. A midnight conference of gravest nature was taking place in the little settlement of Landre et saint George, far behind the German lines of defense. Four thick-necked, gray-haired German officers were seated at a long table in the front room of a chateau that had been in German hands for more than three years. Candles flickered uncertainly on the table, lighting the center of the large room but leaving the corners in dim shadows. The four officers sat stiffly erect without comment, their eyes on the double door, as though they were awaiting someone. Outside, on the stone flagging of a courtyard, sounded the heavy tread of a Prussian guardsman, walking guard before the sanctum of these most high ones, who sat so stolidly waiting. The resounding footfalls of the guardsman came to a clicking halt, followed by a guttural challenge which was replied to in a softer voice. The guardsman again took up his beat. A moment later, the door to the council room opened. A smooth-faced, blond young man stood at stiff salute in the doorway, dressed in the uniform of an English officer. For a long minute, he stood at salute while the four at the table eyed him studiously. Then the hand came down, and a quick smile spread over his face as he stepped forward into the brighter light of the room. He carried in his hand one of the swagger sticks so commonly used by English officers. Well, Herr Hauptmann, he addressed the officer at the head of the table, do you find my disguise and my English sufficiently correct? Correct, yes, the heavy-jowled officer replied in German, but not pleasing, Count von Herzmann. Himmel, how I hate the sight of the Englander's uniform and the sound of his thin, squeaky tongue. And I say to you again that this wild plan of yours is a fool's errand. I would forbid it had you not gained the consent of the general staff. I do not understand it. You are too valuable to the cause for the general staff to permit you to take such a chance. I say again, it is a fool's errand. Count von Herzmann smiled reassuringly. Fool's errand, Herr Hauptmann, he responded in German. Is there anything more precious to our cause than to learn just now where this next blow is to be struck? For the past ten days, all of our secret operatives have sent us conflicting reports. The English and the French are too quiet on their fronts. It presages a storm. As for the Americans, we need not worry. They are still boasting of their victory at San Miguel. They will not be ready to strike again before late fall, perhaps not until spring. Speak in English, interrupted one of the other officers. Much as we hate it, we must see to it that it is perfect. Right you are, von Herzmann replied with the perfect accent of a well-bred Englishman. My three years' schooling in England was not for nothing, sir. Accent top hole, eh? What? Rather. He smiled at his own mimicry. I was saying, he went on, that we must discover where the English will strike next. Victory depends upon it. Ja, das ist richtig, 
spoke up the stolid Oberst Lutnant, who had been listening without comment as his gray eyes, deep-set under stiff, bristling eyebrows, appraised the confident von Herzmann. Ja, we must learn where the swine strike next. But must it be you to take the chance? You know the cost, should you fail. Quite well, sir, von Herzmann replied, smiling. A little party in front of a firing wall with myself as the center of attraction. Ah, well, what matter? I have about played out my string of luck in the air. Sooner or later, there must be an ending. I have a great fear that it will be the luck of some cub, fresh at the front, to bring me down. Ha! How he would swank around, boasting how he brought down the great von Herzmann. Bah! Death, Herr Hauptmann, I do not fear in the least, but I hate the thought of a cub boasting over my bones. Besides, there are no new adventures left for me in the air. I am a little weary of it all. But this, this is new adventure, and, and deadly dangerous, replied one cadaverous, thin-faced officer at the far end of the table. If not dangerous, it is not adventure, sir, von Herzmann replied. Do we not all enjoy the thing that permits some hazard? Youth lives it, age thrills to the reports of it. If I fail, I fail. If I succeed, the fatherland is well served, and I've another adventure in my kit. Perhaps even another bit of iron to dangle on my coat, eh? Rather jolly prospect, what? He again smiled at his own mimicry, as well he might, for the accent was perfect. But I won't fail, Herr Hoffman. He became serious as he drew some papers from the breast pocket of his well-tailored, though well-worn, English uniform coat, which bore the marks of campaigning. See, he said, tossing down a little black fold, which the English issued to officers for identification, I am Lieutenant Richard Larkin, RFC, known to his familiars as Buzz. The picture, you will notice, is my own, placed there after we had carefully removed the one of the gentleman whose uniform and identification card I am to make use of. This, he tossed another paper on the table, is a pass to Paris, properly endorsed, and giving authority for refueling and repairing, if needed. Neat enough, eh? The date, unfortunately, was originally in April, but our intelligence section has some very clever penmen. And you will note that the date now appearing there is as of September the 26th, and the period of the pass is for five days. The 26th, exclaimed the Oberst Lutnant. So soon. That is the day after tomorrow. Yes, our operative will cross the lines tomorrow evening, just before sundown, in a two-seater Newport. He will land just back of Montfaucon, and I will then recross the lines, will be set down back of Neuvilliers, and will then begin the great adventure. I am to be back within five days, or... He shrugged his shoulder expressively. One of the officers banged his fist on the table. It is a fool's errand, I repeat, a fool's errand. If this operative with the Americans is back of Neuville, what is he doing there? Perhaps the Americans are there in force preparing to strike here. Impossible, the senior officer snorted. Attack the Hindenburg line? The Americans are stupid, but not so stupid as that. We know that a few Americans are in the sector south of Vacois Hill. There, relieving the French there. And for what reason? So that the French may be moved up in the Champagne east of the Meuse. That is where the blow will be struck. But, even so, I have not the faith in this operative number 81, which the high command seems to place in him. 
He has brought us much information, one of the others reminded. Yes, erroneous and tardy information. Not one thing have we learned from him but what was too late to be of value, and much of it inaccurate. Not always, von Herzmann replied. He brought correct and timely information concerning the movement of that new American pursuit squadron, you will recall. And but for the accursed luck that brought those French spads down upon us at the wrong time, my circus would have potted half of them. Luck, the senior officer retorted heatedly. You call it luck. It was luck that we did not lose you and that you got your crippled plane back across the line. But can you be sure that those spads came upon the scene at the right moment, by chance? Count von Herzmann shook his head. No, Herr Hauptmann. In this war we can be sure of only one thing. Death, if the war continues. It must be brought to a speedy close. Daily now we lose ground. It is because of this that I made the urgent request to be permitted to undertake this mission. But, he smiled expansively, be not too fearful or alarmed. If I fail, if there be trickery in it, you shall have the privilege of avenging me. How do you mean, avenge you? Herr Hauptmann, war is a world-old game, with modern applications. You have read, doubtless, how in the olden times hostages were held. Yes, but it is not always effective. But it furnishes the crumb of revenge and retaliation. I am not without some fear for my safety, and because of that I will provide a hostage. You talk in riddles, perhaps, but I give you the answer. Operative number 81 will come for me in a two-seater just at dark, but he will not be the one to take me back. Ach, Himmel, das ist ziemlich gescheit. Count von Herzmann shrugged his shoulders at the exclamatory surprise and compliment. Clever? No. Merely an old custom borrowed from old wars. Operative number 81 will be held at the headquarters at Montfaucon, pending my return. If I do not return in five days, then he too will hold the stage a brief minute before a firing squad. Then, perhaps we will meet beyond the great line where there are no wars or rumors of wars. Is there anything else you have to take up with me now, Herr Hauptmann? Ach, yes. If you are successful and return within your scheduled time, how will this operative held at Montfaucon make a satisfactory explanation to the Americans regarding his long absence? Count von Herzmann snapped his fingers. Poof! That is secondary, and a problem which I leave to the superior mind of Herr Hauptmann and the High Command. End of chapter 11 Part B